0: Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you.
1: Praise the Lord Jesus. Well, um, this morning, I'd just like to introduce you to our son, Daniel, and I can't see anybody. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) Yes, yes, Daniel, son, thank you. There's another Daniel as well today. And uh, Daniel, could you just stand up? That's our son visiting us. That's Daniel, senior. Daniel, senior. (laughs) Thank you, son. Uh, He lives, uh, unfortunately, in that... (laughs) He lives far away in Richmond, Virginia, and so he's with us for a week, and we're just so delighted. So thank you, son, for coming to visit mom and dad. It's just such a delight to see you, and every single one of you here today. Orit, how are you doing? Doing good, big guy? Amen. Andy, you're strong. You look strong. That's excellent. Luke, you doing all right? Hey, we almost match, Luke. Look at that. eh? I look like a Christmas tree this morning, don't I? It's amazing. Well, we have just come out. Amber, Trevor, you know we've just come out of a time of prayer and fasting. And I pray that that time was valuable to you. Because, you know, you are a spiritual being. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in this house called a body. And there are times, as you very well know, and I'm not speaking on this subject, I'm leading to something there are times when you have to say no to your flesh your body and its appetites so they will de- they will decline and become weaker so your spirit man can increase and become stronger and one of the ways we do that is through prayer and fasting so I know that the Lord uh, has really I've already I already know that the Lord has spoken spoken. Spoken to a number of you, and generally, God speaks to you after the fast more so than during the fast because you are fighting the fleshly battles and appetites. So just be open to what the Lord is saying to you. And so Today, as Pastor Craig asked me to speak whilst he was away today, uh, Craig and Shanda, we bless them in the precious name of Jesus and trust that the Holy Spirit will minister to them, give them rest and a great time, Um, I want to almost do part B, the second part of what I spoke to you the last time so these two sermons go together and so if you missed the first one you can go to YouTube Horizon Church Surrey click on that and you can go and refresh yourself if you so desire and this I trust will make sense to you today it should very well but the other half a section will also I trust be a blessing to you. So, this morning we want to have a look at how worship can be a witness. And I know that we don't think about that very often when we worship the Lord. We don't think of it as being a witness. So, um,. My wife and I, I want to just begin by telling you, my wife and I are very, very excited. We're very, very expectant because we are going to Yellowstone National Park this coming summer. And one of the things, we've always wanted to go to Yellowstone, and one of the things we've always wanted to see because people always talk about it, is that geyser, and please if I slip up and say geyser, um it's just we say Geyser where I'm from, but uh, let's say Geyser today because that's more Canadian, right? And we're just so excited because we're going to go to Yellowstone National Park and there is, there is a Geyser there called Old Faithful. Has anyone been and seen Old Faithful? Anyone here? All oh, right, PB, you have. That's good. And someone over there. That's wonderful. Well, I look forward to chatting to you afterwards. So so, so, really, I've been doing some research. And um, I come to find out that Yellowstone really is a geological hotbed of uh, geysers and hot springs. And one of our first stops is going to be And to enjoy not just the scenic wilderness but to go and have a look at this geyser known affectionately as Old Faithful. Now Old Faithful is the most visited geyser in the park. It's not the biggest, it's not the greatest, It's not even the most beautiful of the geysers in the park, but there's one thing about this geyser it is faithful. It is faithful. And so when you go there, it will be faithful and it will spew up, etc., etc. So it's not the tallest nor the most beautiful, but it is the most faithful. Now, presently, they tell us that you can actually um, count on Old Faithful every 80 minutes, eight zero minutes, it will pshh, come out of the ground. And what happened is, in my research, I have found that. The national parks have actually built a boardwalk around the giza or the geyser, and they put, you know, benches on one side. You can stand on the other side, but I'm also told that if you do stand on the other side and suddenly it comes up, you get showered with water. So we're going to play it safe and go on this side where the benches are. And so it's, it's an historic thing. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, uh, 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 amazing place to go and to visit. Not only that, there are some historic hotels, They are quaint. Uh, there are quaint shops, I'm told that fan out from there. And we're just so very much looking to see this wonderful geyser called Old Faithful. And what I'm also told is that the steam rising from the opening of the earth sputters first. It's just like a sputter like that. And then moments later, the sputtering turns into a fountain of hot water streaming up towards the heavens, going to about 100 feet high. It's jaw-dropping. It's kind of eye-popping stuff. So a sense of wonder fills everyone, encircling this old faithful geyser, sending cascading water right up into the heavens. Crowds are spellbound, they're awestruck, they're mystified as the dancing water performs its magic. And then in a minute, it quietly dies down and returns to earth its water supply depleted, but in another 80 minutes, guess what? Its subterranean plumbing gets filled up again, and guess what? It then bursts forth yet again for onlookers to witness its majesty again and again and again. Onlookers display a sense of awe, almost a worship-like quality as they watch this geyser do its thing. And they had witnessed something powerful. They witnessed something beyond themselves. And with a sense of reverence almost, they walk back to their cars and visit the gift shops because why? They've witnessed something spectacular. And then I got to thinking, when we come to worship on a Sunday Sunday, I realized that the same dynamic occurs when we come to worship God. And everyone just sits there. <laughs> okay. It's a wonderful thing. And so I'm so excited. But, or must I say, should happen when we worship God. And I, I want to thank the worship team this morning for just helping us enter into worship. You see, we ought to witness the spectacular hand of God, the supernatural hand of God when we turn our hearts towards Jesus and worship Him. It's a wonderful thing to worship God. So we are supposed to witness something beyond ourselves when we worship God. We are to be in awe, we are to be spellbound, we are to be mesmerized by the life-giving flow of the Holy Spirit that meets with our human spirit and we explode in worship and thanksgiving to God because of who he is and what he has done to us. So we should be motivated to tell others about what we we experience just like they do at yellowstone after they experience about the old faithful geyser so i want to i want you to i want i put this down what old faithful does for the tourist in yellowstone our worship of god should do for those who worship god in church Does that make sense? Should come up on the screen one of these days. Okay. So, Father, we thank you for the joy of worshiping you. We worship a living God. We worship a powerful God. And so, Lord, would you continue to be glorified as we worship you as a congregation today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Now, our verse for the day is Psalm 40 and verse 3. Very simple. And David wrote this. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Or, as the new century version says in Part B, we'll, "We'll see this and worship Him." Now there are two elements of worship. There is celebration and there is proclamation. Celebration is our vert, is the vertical dimension as we worship God. You see, David had had an experience with the Lord. God had rescued him. God was his salvation. As God has saved you and rescued you and blessed your life as you follow him, We, in turn, give him the praise back. Amen? Amen. So David had experienced the presence of God. And when you experience the presence of God, you change. When you experienced the presence of God for the first time, when you yielded to God and received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and the presence of God came into you, you changed. I was 17 years old. I experienced the presence of God. I was so curious. I was so interested in in sensing this, this Holy Spirit that touched me even before I gave my life to Christ. And so the presence of God changed me, it changed you, and it rescued and changed David the psalmist. And his Bible says, "He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God." David was exuberant in song. And in praise. He was excited. David, in fact, could not contain his joy, his happiness, and his relief because of what God had done for him. He had to shout and to sing. A spirit of joy and celebration came upon him. And I've told you before and I'll tell you again that all psalms are designed or were designed to be sung. Singing is an important spiritual expression. And did you know that singing is mentioned explicitly some 68 times in the book of songs or the book of psalms. And it wasn't just any old song that David sang, it was a new song. There was a freshness, there was a newness, there was an experience of God in his life. It was as though he was seeing God for the first time again. Have you noticed that? When you spend time in the presence of Jesus, it's like you're seeing God for the first time again. And, it, and he gives you a hunger and a thirst to do it again and again. It was like seeing old faithful erupt again and again. It was quite a sight, Right? So each time one is amazed, each time one is entranced, each person wants to see it again and again and experience the presence of God again and again. And furthermore, uh, he was singing, his singing was praiseful. His singing was worship. David was expressing a heart of gratitude towards God for who he is, what he said, and what he was doing. For David knew that the source of his good fortune came from God. I hope you realize that the source of your good fortune comes from God. I can honestly tell you, I am who I am and I am where I am today because of Jesus. I would be a wreck if I didn't know Jesus. I know that for a fact. So celebration is important. Secondly, proclamation. So there is a celebration, a vertical dimension, but there's also a horizontal dimension, which of course is proclamation. David said in Psalm 40 verse 3, the Amplified Version puts it this way, many will see, that is, will know God's Presence and fear or revere and be awed by God and put their trust or find security. I am secure in the Lord when I sense the presence of God, whatever I'm going through, and I'm sure it's the same with you, that you are secure in God. You are at peace with God and therefore at peace and secure in your given situation. So we thank God for that. So, As David praised God, many saw it. They did not only hear it or hear his praise, they saw him praising. He was a witness to God to others around him. And in turn, the same security that David found in God, they too would find that security and join David in worship. You see David's joy before the Lord was his witness. Your joy, Justin, your joy, Grace, is your witness. From God to others. That's what God does, Amber, in your life. Because people say, oh my word, haven't you heard the news? And you're so peaceful and calm. You're so different to others. And you can say, yes, it's because I'm a Jesus man. I'm a Jesus woman. And it's the spirit of Christ in me reaching out to you because Jesus wants to touch you. And Chris, that is exactly how God works through you. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I just absolutely love it. So we don't just worship at church alone because worship ought to be a constant attitude and activity for all dedicated believers in Jesus. At church, yes, of course, we worship publicly, corporately, and absolutely intentionally. Yes, we do. And when the church gathers to worship, it it also gathers to witness. Worship always includes witness. So when people far from God hear those people who are close to God giving heartfelt praise to God, when they see the heartfelt worship from people who are close to God, they are intrigued. And they are curious. I can honestly tell you the first time I went to a youth meeting, the youth meeting that I went to, they had their arms raised and that was a long time ago. It was the last century. <laughs> and I was, I, 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 was, I was 17 years old. And I didn't really want to go. And it was in the Dawson's home in Highlands, in Salisbury. And I went in and I thought, oh, I'm in the wrong place. But then they started to worship and they raised their hands. I thought, I'm definitely in the wrong place. I was an unbeliever. But I was intrigued by their witness. And I stood there and I stood back and I honestly saw the sincerity in their hearts and their faces. And all of a sudden I changed my tune. I changed my thinking because they in fact, little did I realize, Brian, they were witnessing to me. And I was Touched by the Spirit of God. I didn't give my life to Jesus that week, it was four weeks later. I gave my life to Christ, but they witnessed to me every single week through worship in sincerity of heart. You know, it's a wonderful thing. There's a mystery, there's a wonder, there's a marvel about people worshiping God. And if you're a visitor today and maybe this is your first time and you think, "Woo, these guys, wow, what's with this? What's with this? Waving our hands and going, bowing down and oh my goodness. Well, I'm sure you'd be curious to know what we are doing. We are worshiping Jesus. We are glorifying God Somebody please say amen. Amen, Wendy? That's what we're doing, right? Because we love him and he's touched our hearts. You see, sparks from the fire of our worship ignite dry hearts. The sparks of the Holy Spirit, I know you can't see them. I think that's what happened in Acts chapter 2 when Tongues of fire, it seemed like tongues of fire came and sat upon the 120's heads and the sparks of the Holy Spirit went across and 3,000 people were born again and affected and infected by the Holy Spirit at the end of the day. Woo! So actually sparks fly when we worship Jesus. In that, the sparks from the fire of our worship, excuse me, I'm getting a bit excited. Am I too loud? I'm just kind of like getting into this. Okay, because it's in my heart. And sparks from the fire of our worship ignite dry hearts, causing them to sing a new song and seek to praise God. That was me. That was Mike. I'm glad you didn't know that, Mike. There's two products of worship. Two products of worship. You say, Mike, well, what can I learn from Psalm 40, verse 3? Well, I want you to know something, that throughout the Bible, there is a close and vibrant relationship between worship and witness and it's reflected in two ways. Are you ready? People far from God are drawn to God, are drawn to Christ through worship and people close to God are held by God to share Jesus after worship. I want to say that again. People far from God are drawn to Christ through worship. And people close to God are compelled to share the love of God and the word of God after worship. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel more spiritual after worship or do you feel less spiritual after worship? What a question. More. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God has ignited you. I know he can do it without you worshiping Him. He can do that, but I tell you what, if you've never tried it and you really worship God, damn, the Holy Spirit of God touches your heart. You've got to forget about your flesh. Honestly, I please hear my heart, my heart. I really don't care what you think of me when I'm worshiping Jesus. Because I'm not doing it for you, I'm doing it for Jesus. And if you see Mike do this and this and, and this, I do that. Amen. Doesn't look good, does it? But I do that and I, and I do this and I bow and I worship. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it because I love Jesus so much. And because I've learned to do that. And I've learned to discipline myself. It's Disciple is a disciplined one. And maybe this morning you didn't quite discipline your spirit enough to receive what God was saying to you. You've got to discipline yourself to receive and switch off your brain. And when other thoughts come, close it off and look to God in worship amen so spiritually lost people are drawn to Christ through worship worship attracts like a magnet it draws people to Jesus I'm one of them this is fascinating in the New Testament we're almost there In the New Testament, Paul, he's speaking to the Corinthian church. Thank you, son. I really needed that. Blonde Americano. Should be water, I know. Paul the Apostle, amazing. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 24 and 25. Are you ready? This is what the Bible says. He is convicted by all and is judged by all. The secrets of his heart will be revealed... And as a result, he will fall talking about the unbeliever. Sorry, excuse me. Let me preface this by saying he's talking about the unbeliever coming into the believer's worship sessions in the church at Corinth. And he says he, the unbeliever, is convicted by all and is judged by all and the secrets of his heart will be revealed. And as a result, he will fall face down and worship God proclaiming, Wow, those are Mike's words. God is really among you. And then Jesus says in John 12, he says, As for me, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And yes, yes, I do understand, I really do. While his words predict his death, I understand that. It also communicates volumes to us in our worship. When Jesus is lifted up in our lives in praise and worship, lost people are attracted to Jesus and people are drawn to to you. That's why they'll come to you and say, wow, you are so different. What is it about you? And as I told you, you can then say, well, it's Jesus in me. So David cited evangelistic attraction of honest worship. In Psalm 57 verse 9, David says, I will praise you, Lord, amongst the nations, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. You see, when God's people experience the presence of God, when they meet God, engaging their heart, their lives change and consequently lost people are drawn into God's presence. Amen. It was William Booth actually, the founder of the Salvation Army, who used to say, if a church was on fire for God, people for miles around would come and watch it burn. To paraphrase our brother Booth, if believers experienced the fire of God's worship, then the lost would be drawn to God like a moth to the flames. My friends, I want you to know something, and this this blew my mind when I, I well, it did, but I, I kind of figured it anyway. But I just want to tell you did you know that more people are one to Christ? by sensing God's presence than by all of our apologetic arguments combined. They want to see the real thing. Honestly, in all of our 45 years of ministry, very, very few people, if any, are converted to Christ on a purely intellectual ground an intellectual base. It's when they are touched by the Holy Spirit and God does it and changes them. So we need to, some say, oh, we need to have revival again. Well, I would say this. I would suggest that what we really need is we need the power of worship that attracts people to the Savior. That's what we need. And that's why I'm speaking today on this topic because it's in keeping with what the Holy Spirit has been doing and saying to us through prayer and fasting over the last three Sundays. It's a wonderful thing. And spiritually saved people are sent out to share Christ after worship. So through worship, lost people are drawn to Christ. And at the same time, you and I, believers in Christ, feel the tug, the urge, the compelling force of God to tell others about him. I want to end with these scriptures. I'm not going to read them. First of all, I just want to say with these scriptures that I've recorded here for you, A quick review of the Bible reveals a definite correlation between people encountering God through worship and the effect it has on their lives to share Christ. Isaiah 6. You see, Isaiah, he was commissioned to go and speak to his people only after he saw the Lord in worship. Interesting, isn't it? Isaiah saw, Isaiah heard, and then Isaiah responded. If he had not entered into worship, he could have possibly missed the calling of God upon his life. What about Matthew, the great commission? You do know that the Great Commission is the church's heartbeat for existence. We thoroughly believe in the Great Commission in this place. But the Great Commission was given following what? A time of worship. The disciples saw Jesus, and they worshiped Jesus. Shouldn't that be our response too? But here's the point. It was in that context of worship that these men received God's clear clarion call to go with the Word of God into the entire world and represent Jesus. Could I ask the band to come up, please? What about Acts chapter 2? Well, you could say that the 120 of them were singing a new song because they were singing and praying in the Spirit. And the result was that many put their trust in the Lord, at least 3,000 at the end of the day. What happened? The disciples worshiped, people heard, people saw, and they came to faith in Jesus. You see, evangelism, interesting correlation Evangelism sprang from their worship. Their worship witnessed to the awesome displays of God's presence and power. Unbelievers were drawn to Christ through the worship. Through the worship. You see, if you truly meet God you will worship and if you truly worship others will be drawn to Christ and as you are drawn to God to Jesus you too are compelled witness for Jesus can I say that one more time if you truly meet God you will worship and if you truly worship others will be drawn to God and as if and as you are drawn to God you are compelled to witness for Jesus Two challenges as we conclude You say, Mike, what can I do to be a worshiper? I would say this. Firstly, you can do what's done in Yellowstone National Park. It's really in my mind, isn't it? What? What do you mean? Find a good seat every Sunday, every week find a good seat in the house of worship and get here on time so you can quieten your heart before God and as the strum of the guitars and the beat of the drums go, you can rise up in your seat of worship and give all adoration and celebration to Jesus. And secondly, I would say this, that you need to lay aside your troubles. And I don't even have to say this. God gave me these things and I wrote them down, but already the Holy Spirit has done his business. But if you missed it, I would say lay your troubles aside. You're a disciple of Jesus. Right? Be disciplined and lay your troubles aside. Your anxieties, lay them aside. Your fears, lay them aside. Your cares, lay them aside. And when everything that is negative has been laid aside, begin in your seat to celebrate God's gift of mercy and grace over your life. I want you all to do that right now. I want you to close your eyes. Now stay disciplined. Lay aside your troubles, your anxieties, fears, torments, cares, whatever it is, man and woman of God, lay them aside right now in Jesus' name. Now, man and woman of God, I want you to celebrate God. I want you to celebrate God's gift of mercy and grace. Just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your mercy. If it wasn't for your mercy, I'd be dead by now. If it wasn't your divine enablement in my life, I wouldn't even be here. Celebrate God's touch of forgiveness upon your life right now. His touch of forgiveness. Oh Lord, I said such a silly thing. What a foolish Galatian I am. Oh God, would you forgive me? Celebrate God's power to lift you out of the slimy pits of life. Maybe you've had a bad week and you lost it. You missed the mark. Ask God's forgiveness. And now ask God's power to lift you up and out of that and place and set your feet on firm foundation again the rock and his name is Jesus do it do it and then sing a new song then sing a hymn then sing praise to God that's what you do while you're sitting there don't even get up grace would you just lead us Thank you, Lord. Just worship him. Don't stay disciplined. Just for a minute or two.
0: Yes. Yes, Lord.
1: Yes, Lord, Lord, we just want you. Now you start I to sing want this. You.
0: I, just want you. I just want you. I just
1: want you. I just want you. I just want you. Picture Jesus, you're singing to Jesus. Yes, Lord. God and you can begin to just worship in a simple sentence you can open the book of Psalms the book of songs and start just worshipping a very simple melody and the Holy Spirit of God will come in your living room, in your home Now, Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. Thank you for each one here today. And maybe you haven't received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. And you say, I need a touch from Jesus. And maybe you've come with someone. Why don't you just speak to them and ask them about Jesus. They will tell you All you have to do is just admit and confess that you are a sinner. You need the touch of Jesus and ask God, say, Lord, I believe in my heart that you died for me. You were buried and you rose for me. Lord, come into my life and change my life and then confess him as your Lord and Savior. We love you. We bless you today.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.